Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about mantras that can help us stay grounded, hopeful, and helpful during 2021. Because, as I shared on Monday, I am really feeling in need of things to steady me, and we've been living through a hard time that is not quite over yet, particularly in regard to the pandemic. So I know I'm not alone. That's why today I'm interviewing Sonia Satra. Sonia is an actress who played Lucy Cooper Spaulding on The Guiding Light for five years. Now she's a life coach and the founder of something called Modicize, a mind-body practice that helps you create a life that you want. Sonia's got a great origin story about the power of self-talk to change your life in both good ways and bad. And so I wanted to talk to her today about the power of having a good mantra. Sonia, welcome. Hi, thanks. Happy to be here. Boy, do I agree with everything you just said. (laughs) So let's start off with your story. You were an actress with a sweet gig, starring role on The Guiding Light. Oh my goodness, all my soap fans out there. I know we're going to be so excited to hear that. That you had that role for five years and then you left. So what happened? Yeah, so I I was. I was so fortunate. I had played this role of Lucy Cooper Spaulding, and it was an amazing experience. But I had just, I had done it for five years, and I thought if there was ever a time for me to leave, this was it. I was in, in a relationship, I, or not a, a regular relationship at that time. I wasn't married, I didn't have kids, I didn't have anything holding me. So this was my moment to go back. And the only thing was this time when I went back, as opposed to the first time when I left to to sort of become this actress, there I thought, well, somebody's made it, so why couldn't I? You know, but this time when I went back, I carried with me this belief that I was never going to work again and I was going to lose everything. Like this entire gig had just been a fluke and and that was the last job I was ever going to have. And I, that really, really permeated every part of my life. I mean, I was just, my health went to crab, my relationship did fall apart. I was, was losing all of my money. My auditions were not good because I was walking in as if I was never going to get it anyway. In fact, there was one that was so horrible. I literally unconsciously took a step back on every line that I said. And it was a small office, but I I, I ended up hitting the back of the room. Oh, it was so <laughs> terrible. I just, I left the, the casting director was like, is she okay? <laughs> 
But anyway, I didn't get that job, as you can imagine, and I didn't get any other job for a year and a half. And I was sitting up on this bluff in Southern California, and I was turtle sitting for $25 a day, really glamorous, <laughs> because I wasn't working in anything else. And as I was overlooking the ocean from up there, I was thinking, wow, I've created this life. And it's not the one I wanted. <laughs> it's not how this was supposed to work out. But it was in that moment that I realized, wow, the same tools that I had used to create success, I was now using to create my failure. I, when I first got there, I was envisioning success. I was envisioning, why couldn't I make it? I was seeing myself on TV. Now I was envisioning myself broke, which I was getting really close to. <laughs> and I was asking questions, powerful questions like, what could I do? How can I make this work? Who could I reach out to? Now I just kept asking, why can't, get, why can't I get a job? You know, what am I going to do when I'm out on the streets? You know, just terrible, terrible questions. Same with my self-talk. Here it was constantly positive and affirmative, like, what can I do? I feel good. I can do this. Where the other way it was, I'm never going to work again. I'm going to lose everything. And I took action and I'm a big believer in action. So I was taking action. I took a little more when I was more positive than when I was negative. But my results were a direct correlation of the mindset that I had. Because obviously I was auditioning, but I'm taking steps backward out the door. You know, that's not going to get me a job <laughs> as opposed to going in and being present and, you know, believing that it was possible. You know, it was really a great lesson in how much what you do, your self-talk, the questions you ask, the visions you have for yourself, the beliefs that permeate all of your actions the impact that will have on your results. And so I changed that around really fast <laughs> and I started to work the other angle and I actually did uh, motorize what I'm doing now without even knowing what it was. So I was running, I decided to run up this canyon every day and I would visualize, I would do these affirmations, I would ask better questions. And when I got to the top, it was, there was a canyon and I realized that anything I yelled out would echo. So I would yell out, you got the job. And then I'd hear back, you got the job. And then I'd celebrate and mm -hmm. as if I had gotten it. Doing that every day. Three weeks later, I booked a national commercial. And three months later, in fact, running down from that canyon, I got the call from my manager, you got the job on One Life to Live to play Psycho Nurse Barbara. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I know, I always say it's so not really casting. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many great details in that story. Turtle sitting, I mean, only in oh. Southern California. <laughs> God. <laughs> and Psycho Nurse Barbara, I love it. So, well, tell me about. You were talking about how you would run up this canyon and you would shout out into the canyon, you got the job, and then you would like be kind of expressing this positive thing that you wanted, right? But you would also be, there was something about moving your body at the same time that you were doing it that made it more powerful for you. So what is that connection? I mean, why can't, I mean, we know how important self-talk is. So why do we have to get the body involved or how does that help? The body really activates so many things. You know, I think 
It's so unfortunate because people always think of movement or exercise as, you know, oh my gosh, it's something I got to do, you know, and you've got the boot camp or the, or the, you know, really hard yoga class or whatever in your mind. And so it feels like a daunting thing. And yet movement is imperative to our survival. So every part of your body, your brain, your heart, your lungs, your muscles, everything is created to give you a reward for moving so that you'll do it so that you will survive. And so your brain actually releases a chemical, BDNF, they call it miracle growth for the brain. And it helps to create new neural pathways. And they find when you're moving, you're at a really open, creative place. You're focused. You can tap into what I like to call that body intelligence or your inner guidance system. Uh, you can learn better. And of course, we also know the endorphins are there, the serotonin, the dopamine, all of those feel good things. Also, when you flex a muscle, anytime you move a muscle, there are these myokins that get released that are so powerful. Scientists call them the whole molecule. So all of this stuff is happening when you're moving and then you add to it these affirmations. It just, it, I think it just it enhances it. It makes it even larger and it gets it not just into your mind, but it gets it into your body. So you start to almost feel like you're stepping into it. You're becoming it as opposed to just thinking it. So it also becomes a bit of an mm. anchor. So like if you're doing a specific movement to a specific mantra or, or, or whatnot, you can often just go into that movement and it starts to get connected to that mantra. So it will automatically give you a bit of that feeling again. So you can use it also as an advantage whenever you want that feeling. You can just go into that movement and it triggers that part of you. So lots of good reasons why you want to move <laughs> and do them. So, Sonia, I want to ask you more about manifesting. And we're going to break that down right after this brief break. Even though I know how healing it is to sit still and check in with yourself, for most of 2020, I wasn't doing it. If I couldn't find quiet in my house thanks to quarantine, I felt like I wouldn't be able to find quiet inside my own mind either. Until I found Headspace. Headspace's basic meditation course has 10 sessions that are only three minutes each. It was the perfect thing to get me back into meditating and help me get the quiet I was needing. And it can help you too. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Kate. That's headspace.com slash Kate for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Kate. Okay. Everything that you're talking about sounds good and it's making all these light bulbs are going off in my mind of like, that's why I get so many good ideas while I'm walking. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds like the stuff that you're talking about, you know, saying a mantra and getting it in your body and tapping into your body intelligence and creating positive change. Now, it kind of starts to sound like manifesting, which the idea of manifesting like, oh, if you can dream it, you can become it or you just make a vision board, it'll all come true. It kind of can raise the hair on the back of my neck a little bit. And I'm curious, like, how do you explain manifesting to folks who are skeptical? I get it. I really actually do, because for the longest time, I kind of steered clear of the word manifesting, even though 
I kind of knew a lot of what I was doing was manifesting. I, I saw it in my own life. I saw it in other people's life. But I think the reason is because manifesting's got a bit of a bad rap because of the secret. And while the secret has some interesting aspects, it only focuses on one part, and that is the law of attraction. Then that is that belief that if you just sit in your home and imagine something, it's going to show up. I think I saw a meme the other day. Manifestation is not Amazon. You can't just think it and it's going to show up at your door the next day. <laughs> and I love that because it's it's true. And I don't believe that. There's 11 other laws of manifesting that I think come into play, one of which is law of action. And I really, really believe that you you need to take intentional action. And when you have all your beliefs and your values and your rules and everything aligned with it, and you put that energy and focus out there, then things can start to open up. Also law of allowing. And I, I think that's actually one of the manifestation laws that I like that I think in the kind of mindset world we forget about. And that is the law of allowing, of really opening yourself up and being willing to sort of receive. Very often in mindset, it's all about the go, 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 right? And there's never that being open to let it come to you as well. So I think there needs to be the receptivity angle as well. And, and sort of in the law of nature, right? There's a lot of gender would be the manifestation, but in nature we see it in order to reproduce. There is the going, the, the, the active and the receptive. And so I think that translates into our lives as well. We, we need to persist. We need to take action. We need to be out there. We also need to be patient and we need to be receptive. And that balance can help bring it all into play. But I get it. The, for, for the skeptics, I would say, don't stop at law of attraction because that's not all that is necessary in all of manifestation. Great. Does that make the hairs go down on your neck? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, I, 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 I know that we have to break this association between good things happening and hard work you know, because then we think that the only way that we can make change is just to work harder. And then sometimes that makes change really wholly unappealing because like, oh God, it sounds like it's going to be a ton of work. And I was checking out your website, which we'll feature at the end of the show, or we'll share the URL to at the end of the show after my next question. But you you have a, a line that says, what if it could be easy? And I think that that's that's what's attractive about manifesting. But then I feel like the ego kicks up and says, well, if it's easy, it's not worth it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, I like hearing about the law of receptivity because you do have to be kind of open and you have to be soft and you might have to be somewhat still. It can't be moving a million miles an hour or else whatever's trying to come land on your lap might not be able to have a stable landing spot. So thanks for sharing that. I do love to leave people with something practical, something tangible. So for folks who are listening, is there something they can do either right now or right after the episode is over that will help them kind of find that combination of words and actions that's gonna, you know, get them, get their head and heart right for 2021? Sure. Why don't we do, we could just do a little modicized thing. I know we are all sitting too much these days in front of all of our Zoom cameras, but you can still sit and do this if you want, or you can stand up. Essentially, put your arms into a T position 
and then bend at your elbows so that your fingertips are facing upright. So your arms are almost like in, in a flagpole, flagpole position. Relax your shoulders because sometimes you tense them up when you do that. And then we really want to pull our elbows back and squeeze our shoulder blades together. So you're almost, you're opening your heart, opening to possibility. And in that, you can add to it what it is that you're wanting to open yourself to. So, you know, I am opening myself to ideas and creativity, or I'm opening myself to love. I'm opening myself to invite in energy and power. <laughs> so I would say choose what it is you want to open to and just keep sort of squeezing those shoulder blades and then release and open it up. And add that affirmation of what you want to open your heart to and just allow it to come in. So this is just, it's a really great heart opener, chest opener, especially when we're sitting on our computers all crunched up all day long. So it's just from a physical standpoint, it also just opens up our bodies, but it also has a nice feeling of sort of opening up to new ideas or new possibilities. So, and it's super simple. You could do it sitting, you can do it standing, and uh, you can do it at any time of day. Love it. I was just doing it along to the extent that I could because I'm holding my mic with one hand, but I could totally see how, <laughs> you know, decide. sometimes I think we think of our mantras almost like an afterthought. Like we go down this rabbit hole of thinking one thing and then we're like, oh, wait, but I'm trying to be open to possibilities, you know, <laughs> and it, it, can feel almost like an afterthought, like, oh, yeah, right, I got to do this thing. Okay, I'm open to possibilities. All right, next. <laughs> but if you, stop and, if you stop and put your body in a position, you know, it's like, it's really bringing you into the moment. It's bringing your whole self into the moment. It's like, instead of running on the treadmill while watching the TV, you're, mm -hmm. you know, having a moment yourself on a, on a trail in nature and you're really like your mind and body are in the same place. And so thank you for that exercise that helps us bring our mind and body into the same place. That's really, it's a gift. It's not, it's not something that we are commonly experiencing. I think that's true. Yeah. For people who want to connect with you, where can they go find you if they want more? Sure. I'm at Sonia Satra, S-O-N-I-A-S-A-T-R-A dot com. And uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I have a Facebook Live, actually you can, on Mondays at 12 and a Twitter chat on Tuesdays at 11. So you're also welcome to come and join the conversations that I have there as well. Cool. Oh, I'll pop into those as well. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. <sighs> Thanks for coming today, Sonia. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Kate coming to you with a quick little tiny assignment for today. And that is the next time you tell yourself a mantra, pause long enough to assume the position that Sonia just talked us through, which I like to think of as cactus arms, just so that you can bring your body into the moment along with your mind and invite even more attention to be placed on whatever it is you're telling yourself about what you want to happen now or in the future. That's it. Take care and come back tomorrow when I'm sharing the third mantra for 2021. That'll help you find the strength to keep going. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. 
If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 